This is exclusive coverage of CPAC 2023 from Washington, D.C. Brought to you by the Spirit of Virginia. Spiritofvirginia.org. On Seville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Now, from National Harbor, it's Joe Thomas in the morning. Joe Thomas on our special Saturday edition from the Conservative Political Action Conference, CPAC. It's Trump Day, which means security is a little tighter around here. The president will be speaking later on, although the lines are not bad right now. So if you're on your way in, don't don't panic. Uh, you'll be able to get in. Just you'll, you'll have to let them hold your smartphone while you're listening to us on the app. Joining us now, uh, the hero of so many things, and he'll think anything about EPA versus West Virginia, but we probably talked about EPA versus West Virginia more than all the radio shows in America combined. He is the Attorney General of Best Virginia, as we used to call it during the Northam administration, uh, Patrick Morrissey, Attorney Ge- Mr. Attorney General. Thanks for joining us. Hey, it's great to be with you, and I'm glad. If you've talked about that case, then your listeners know that was the single biggest win against the deep state in the swamp in decades, and uh, we're really proud of it, and we're actually starting to see it uh, now flesh out, move to the next level. It's exciting what you can do when you get a merry band of attorneys general together and you, you sue the federal agencies. Well, and, and that was, to me, that now followed with the back to normal order in the House, the fights that the... the uh, the, the conservative 20, as they were called, under Chip Roy, UVA grad, by the way, uh, and uh, and Bob Good and Byron Donalds and all those folks pushing back to make sure that an individual member of the House can bring amendments to bills that they now, according to the Supreme Court, have to write for the deep state well, in order to go out and do their thing. Well, well, that's right. So the beautiful thing about the West Virginia VPA case is it should be one of the most non-controversial cases yeah. of our time because you know what its principal goal is to say Congress gets to make the laws. If you're an unelected bureaucrat, you don't get to reach down, seize into your bag of tricks, and then say we're going to reorder the nation's power grid based upon some ambiguous phrase. It actually forces Congress to do its job. Now, Congress doesn't have to say yes or no on any issue, but the bureaucrats can't seize the power that doesn't belong. It's such an important case because it's about resetting separation of powers that had really been problematic for many years. The more that these courts were getting deference, the more these bureaucrats were uh, getting deference, that's a huge issue. Congress needs to assert itself and make sure that it controls what laws pass and what's operational. And let's not forget, those bureaucracies operate uh, at the pleasure of the President of the United States. So what we really have had for the last at least two decades has been an elected monarch who just rules with a pen and a phone, sends it, and, and these bureaucracies, many of them have their own police departments now. Look, look, I mean, the president under the Constitution, under the Take Care Clause, is supposed to faithfully execute the laws, and not supposed to write the laws. That's exclusively the purview of Congress. Once again, I think that's what this case is all about, saying we're going to go back to basics. And if a Republican administration screws up, hey, you got to go follow the rules. When a Democrat administration screws up, you follow the rules. It's important that we get back to the base constitutional principles that made our country great. So we just had a, a, a very interesting uh, bill passed through the House and Senate that's on its way to President Biden's desk. 
and the president has said he's going to veto it. It was with the support of Senator Joe Manchin, uh, along with uh, John Tester from Montana. We're fascinated with the case of Joe Manchin. Is he just the guy who's caught the Bernie Sanders, you know, uh, you know, oh, if I'm loud enough and independent enough, people will pay attention to me? Or does he really teeter on realizing that West Virginia isn't as left as all the other people in the Senate want him to be? Look, I think that uh, Senator Manchin has always tried to be kind of the all things to all people. And so at the end of the day, he's likely not to be uh, in the more conservative camp. But I do think he cares about West Virginia, and he's working, and he's trying to find that sweet spot uh, all the time. So I think that it's been interesting to watch over the last year. You know, he did some things that a lot of us praised when he said no to uh, D.C. statehood, when he said no to kind of the power grab uh, that you saw for a lot of these groups. He knocked back some of the worst versions that build back better. But, and this is the big but, unfortunately he capitulated when he wrote that Inflation Reduction Act that has nothing to do with reducing inflation. It's actually going to continue the pressure on our energy resources. So, look, uh, I'm not going to come on here today and focus on him, but I will say that uh, West Virginians need good conservative leadership. It's a state that President Trump won with 67, 68 percent of the vote, and I think we want to have people there that are going to be strongly supporting conservative, constitutional-based principles. We're visiting with West Virginia Attorney General Patrick Morrissey here at CPAC this Saturday. Um, and one of the issues that we talk about frequently in Charlottesville, we're having shootouts almost twice a week yeah. between drug gangs uh, and the kids that they're now hiring to do their dirty work for them. West Virginia, you know, it's, it's uh, issues of poverty, but also drugs and those things. The border is squarely in Charleston, isn't it? Well, without a doubt. In fact, I know a lot of the AGs are always fond of saying that uh, we experienced the border crisis through the drug problem and the, the sheer volume of drugs that originate in China, the raw ingredients that get packaged in Mexico through the Mexican drug cartels, and then they find their way across the border. They make their way into West Virginia, and people are being slaughtered at the most insane levels I know that a lot of people know this statistic, but it's worth repeating. Between the ages of 18 and 46, the drug epidemic, fentanyl, the number one cause of death in our country. And let me put an explanation point on that. In West Virginia, we have the highest per capita fentanyl death rate. So just imagine the toll that it's taking on West Virginia because they can't close the border the right way. It's absolutely unacceptable, and I think that that's why I've been pounding away Mayorkas and Garland and Blinken, all of them and many more need to do their jobs because people are dying. It's unacceptable. That's why I'm stepping up. A lot of other attorneys general are pushing back to have rational border policy, rational policies pushing back against fentanyl and these deadly drugs. Attorney General Morrissey, the president was just in that other Virginia the other day hawking Obamacare, talking about how those MAGA Republicans are going to block all the great health care they've been getting since 2009. And, and I point to the fentanyl crisis 
from a, 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 that angle, certainly at the border, because it's coming across there, but also from the opioid addiction problem, where so many of these insurance companies just are applying pain medications instead of surgical procedures for people. People are becoming addicted to these opioids. We've seen it in West Virginia and Virginia um, you know, alike. You know, what do we need to get the healthcare industry back into the business of healing people rather than just getting them hooked on opioid pain medication? Look, I think that part of the challenge with Obamacare is they were really trying to put ever more increasing dollars, federal dollars, into the system. And anytime you're pouring federal money into the system, the feds are going to want control over that. And I think that's one of the fundamental problems we have today because what really made America great, among many other things, oh, is you that... you used the phrase. Oh, he used the phrase. Everyone come around. Hey, well, what really made America great is that you had a division of labor between localities, states, and the federal government. And everyone knew their place in the system. So most activities shouldn't be regulated at all. We're a free people, right? But then there's some activities that are really dangerous. Okay, we understand. You have a certain level of regulation. And then there should be only a limited number of activities where the federal government, because it's interstate commerce in nature. All of that has changed. And so what you have is this national bureau babble bureaucracies that come together and they want to do one-size-fits-all plans on all the states, including states like West Virginia. The much better way to do it is to actually allow the individual states to uh, really be innovators and market-oriented uh, places where people can get the care they need at the right price. And the problem is they've been so shoving down this socialist uh, framework down our throats that the concept of free market healthcare and innovation is really being put to the test. I think what you have to do is you have to step back and go back to those base principles and then we could actually target resources much more to those who need it most. We can have a real marketplace again on healthcare, which I think would be far superior to where we are now. Well, and we talk about this a lot. I mean, Virginia's got some of the most ridiculous certificate of public need laws that oh, yeah. restrict medicine. Uh, you know, another one of my favorite attorneys general, Ken Cuccinelli, when I first met him, he said, well, everyone will tell you my job is top cop, but my job is to actually make sure the business environment is good for right. Virginia economy. And I, it really blew my mind, because that's what you attorneys general always say. I'm going to be the state's top cop. But he's like, listen, I've got to be the regulatory policeman. That's right. CPAC is famous for its straw polls. Sure. And over the last three years, each straw poll, the very last issue that comes up on the poll, 1% of the vote at best, is poverty. West Virginia, Virginia, we both have enormous yeah, problems with poverty, job availability. I think it's where the drug gangs prey anyway. Yeah. What, what does a conservative need to get across? I told you before you came on, Dave Bratt's talking about 25,000 new students at his business right. school at Liberty. Maybe that's the answer. We've just got to hang on until the, those kids get into the business place. But we need to deregulate a lot more. What's West Virginia been looking like? So we do need to deregulate, and we need to be focusing on eradicating poverty because at the end of the day, you want people to advance in a free state where they can get healthier and wealthier and wise, and they can pursue their own dreams. And so West Virginia obviously is a very poor state uh, economically, very rich culturally, and has incredible a story to tell the whole country. But the way that you do it is, number one, you have to compete 
with all the states that you touch. So you have to have a vibrant education system. One of the things that I've been most excited about in West Virginia is we've been a national leader on school choice issues. To be able to give poor individuals the opportunity to attend the school of their choice. You have to level the playing field and educate people. Start at the beginning. Second, you have to be more competitive in terms of your tax code. I've always advocated that West Virginia needs to have the single best tax code of all the states that it touches. And I'd like to wipe out the income tax because if you do that, you make the state much more attractive for people to live and work in. Similarly, from a regulatory perspective, we need to be looking root and branch, how you rip out unneeded regulations. I know I do my part every day in that regard, pushing back against the feds and weighing in on the state level too, because people function best when you operate in freedom. Sure, if it's a really serious issue where someone's life is in jeopardy, of course, no one's going to argue about the obvious cases, but we're better as a society when we live in freedom, and that means many fewer regulations, much lower taxes, educational opportunities and the ability to live in the right culture and use your First Amendment and Second Amendment rights the way the founders intended. Well, I know that West Virginia, you know, is certainly energy rich as well, and, and hopefully we can get our, you know, heads yeah. out of our, you know, collective minds and, and, uh, and do that. Well, you, you, Attorney General Morrissey, you certainly sound like you got a plan. You, you know, is there a re-election campaign in there, or is uh, uh, you know, because everyone's like, uh, here we've had three or four people who are going to be running against Tim Kaine announced already. Uh, what about Patrick Morrissey? So what I would say is, if people want to learn what we're doing, we're probably going to have some announcements in the upcoming weeks. People could go to Team Morrissey. That's M O R R I S E Y. Com. We're always keeping people updated on our latest activity in the AG's office and then politically. I've said publicly I'm probably going to have an announcement over the next uh, 30 to, to 60 days. I know that it's coming. I want to make sure that I'm protecting West Virginia uh, from all of the woke ideas and the federal overreach, and I'm also um, helping West Virginia gain the tools to uh, grow economically, have more freedom, have more vibrancy. We have an amazing state, uh, but we have to remove some of the uh, barriers that have held us back. Our state's beginning to do that. Uh, I think that depending upon what I choose, we're going to be able to do it at a much faster clip. I know that our last governor's race ended all that Vexit stuff that I think the first time we spoke was we were trying to, there were all those counties were going to try to Vexit and, and you know, join West Virginia somewhere. But Well, you, look, you've got now a good governor and a good attorney general. You've got Yunkin and Mieris, and, you know, it's, it's a lot more fun to work with them because we know that they're uh, partners, right? We can actually talk about border uh, issues, and I think they're doing terrific work. And I think we think about these issues, not just as a state, but regionally, how this can be an attractive part of the country. Look, we are rich in energy resources. You go to southwest Virginia, you look at West Virginia, the coal play, and we've got a lot of oil and gas in West Virginia. We can set that up. We need some additional pipelines. You know, we talk a lot about, no, no, this is, this is interesting. You talk a lot about the train derailment, right, in East Palestine, Ohio, but there's not enough talk about, well, what would happen if we could be investing more in these pipelines, which are proven to be safe? So everyone wants to go start regulating in every area. Well, there's a cleaner pathway, and you're going to have fewer problems and fewer accidents than in almost any other area. Look, I'm all the above, 
But I think that this is, causes a revisitation because you see that the far left has been able to shut down a lot of the pipelines, including one which we want at the Supreme Court that the left still then you know, caused with Warren Buffett and others. They went in and stopped that pipeline, uh, the Atlantic Coast Pipeline. You may remember that. Um, I litigated over that, and we wanted the Supreme Court, by the way, but then the business interest decided they weren't going to follow through and finish the job. That's that's the whole woke, you know, culture, the ESG. That's why we need people who are going to stand up, fight back. You know, in Patrick Morrissey, you're never going to have to worry about that. So, look, go to teammorrissey.com, follow us. Know that you're going to get someone who's standing up not only for West Virginia but for America, our Constitution our separation of powers, our freedoms, and our rule of law. Well, I appreciate you coming down here. Now that you got everyone, all the political wonks in the audience going, oh, what's he doing, what's he doing? If he's got a team, Morrissey, you know, there's something going on there. But, uh, Patrick, thank you. Good to catch up with you in person, sir. Amen. It's great to be with you today. And uh, we love our sister state. And we urge you to come and spend as much money in West Virginia as you can. Spirit of Virginia is our sponsor, and I guess that includes West Virginia as well. Amen for today. That's great.